1: Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Um, It's Chase, Brandon, and myself, Greg. Yep, yep, yep. And...
0: (laughs) Chase is back. You guys have missed me. Chase is back. Back again. Back
1: again. (laughs) Um, So, I was running this morning. You're welcome. I was just... Who sang that song, but not the Chase is back? Is that Eminem? Yeah. Sudden... Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Um... So, I went running this morning, and when I walked out of my house, it was like 39 degrees. And the last time... should
0: mention, it's August, the time of this recording is late August.
1: Late August, yep. And, um, yeah, it was like 39 degrees in my house. And the morning, yesterday morning, I went out for a mountain bike ride at the same, same time, and it was like 62 degrees or something. So, I went from like 62 degrees to 39 degrees in one day. But I got out... Into the car and it was really cold. So I had to go back in and grab a jacket and it's like holy smokes It feels like winter's coming. Yes, and favorite ever, time of year. Yeah, it's ever since uh, Ever since this morning that that wintery experience that chill in the air I've been thinking about skiing and winter
0: so uh, speaking of skiing uh, We've decided uh, in the shop anyway from the rumors and everything that's going on is uh as soon as Labor Day hits, it's ski season. It's ski marketing. I mean, it is ski season. Chase was on the floor yesterday. How many people talked to you about skis yesterday? I wasn't even on the floor yesterday, and I talked to like, I think at least two two or
2: three people yesterday about skis. About so skis. The hype has started. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and I, I see it for myself, like I'm, my brain is all skiing, all skiing, all skiing until like February. And even though there's still probably two solid months of good skiing left, my brain switches from skiing to backpacking, backpacking yeah. biking, all those types of running, trail running, all those things. And I still ski, but my brain is always just thinking about summer months, what I'm going to be doing. And, and then I notice that end of August, like kids go back to school, gets a little cooler at night and yep. stuff. And my brain switches to skiing. So I think
0: football, <laughs> Halloween <laughs> and snowboarding. Yeah. That's like,
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. So skiing though, because snow, yeah, I don't do snowboarding.
0: (laughs) So we talked about that yesterday um, in a, in a meeting we had at the shop as far as like sales, what's, what's selling, what's, and uh, man, half that mountain is still, is snowboarding. Yeah. Like I, I'm surprised that I thought the snowboard industry would, I don't know, plateau or something like taper off a little or no, it's snowboard strong. Hashtag. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) You should start it
0: yeah yeah it it is definitely a thing and i'm i'm like it may be still on the upswing like it's still it's doing a really really well as a sport
1: yeah you know being a skier i probably notice ski momentum ski energy more than snowboard but i have thought that in the industry for a while skiing had more momentum because there's a lot more uh more companies coming out with backcountry skiing setups boots and bindings and all these other things and I see less of that from the snowboard side, so I've just thought, well, skiing's making a big comeback and snowboard's waning, but I think you're right, because when I actually do go to a resort, I'm blown away with how many snowboards there are. It's like half and half. Yeah, it yeah. still is, so.
2: It's so unfortunate. It is, it really is. <laughs> um, uh, nah. But there's not more? <laughs> <laughs> <Or, laughs> no, nah, as long as you're on the mountain having a good time, hey, who cares?
1: Yeah. You know, I back when I started skiing, there was like this, you know, fun little feud between skiers back in the 60s that still yeah (laughs) way back way back then um there's that fun little feud that still it wasn't fun it was serious well maybe it was (laughs) i don't know (laughs) Uh, brandon's throwing punches in the 80s
0: early 90s yeah i guess when snowboard was just
1: like new and go talk to alta about that yeah (laughs) (laughs) still a hot topic and uh, still i still can't ride there (laughs) So I, I started skiing, and so I would make jokes about snowboarders and kind of play along with that little bit of a feud. And my brother um, was a skier. He went, he went out of the country to Peru for a couple of years as a missionary. And when he came back, he decided he wanted to try snowboarding. And he picked up snowboarding way faster than he did skiing and loved it. And he was always the one that I was going skiing with. And so I was skiing and then he and all of his buddies were snowboarding and we were just ripping the mountain up. It was, it was so fun. And I just, I kind of, at that point I was like, well, whatever. Like if you're having fun on a snowboarder and skis, it really doesn't matter. And actually I got more annoyed at times by the skiers than I did the snowboarders. Like oftentimes it was the snowboarders that were the cooler guys to be around. And it wasn't like this cool thing. They were just, cool people
0: it's because we drink more beer on the mountain <laughs> maybe and then we get a little more just, chill yeah, yeah maybe until so. until like it's and then about three four o'clock in the afternoon we're kind of we turn into <laughs> jerks a- so yeah. I, um,
1: <laughs> I don't know so anyway I just, i'm i not speaking for every
0: snowboarder out there <laughs> just, just brandon just, and his friends just me and my friend yeah yeah so no but what what like, like snowboard the gear so you want to prep. talk about gear, what's the gear prep so what do you do to you guys what do you skiers do to well, your
2: Greg's Stop. mentioned like we gotta prep our gear, prep our gear, get it warmed up. So I, I typically a couple of days before ski season, I'll sleep with my skis, and make sure that they're they're ready to. Yeah, ski. yeah I feel you. It's um, yeah, it's. I don't it's I weird. don't know outside of that. Greg's gonna have to teach me how to prep my gear.
1: So, <laughs> well, and it really this time of year, like August, is probably a little too early to prep be gear. But I'm thinking like, um, for people who don't have all the gear, for example, a lot of people sell their gear at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And now it's time to start getting the right gear you need so that, you know, when November comes around and snow starts flying, you're not stuck without the right gear. Mm -hmm. So by gear prep, I mean, getting first of all the right gear. If you don't have it, if you're missing some pieces, um, this last season, the, at the end of this end of the winter, I sold my skis and bindings. So I've still got some good boots, but I need to get some new skis and bindings. So I'm looking now and trying to find some good deals on that. And, um, I know a place. Yeah, me too. Actually, (laughs) I'm going to go look actually right after this is over. Um, so there's that type of prep, but then there's also for people who take care of their gear properly and they put wax on the, on their bases and stuff to kind of maintain the bases and everything. Got to start thinking about, okay, as it, as it gets closer to the ski season? Um, Tuning, waxing, scraping, whatever, boards and skis and that sort of thing. Also, making sure you got the right clothing, um, making sure, for example.
0: I have to get my kids loaded up for, because kids, they grow every year. So, I got to re-figure out their ski situation.
1: Yeah. That sucks every year. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, yeah, I can usually get two seasons out of, I'm finding, a pair of skis before I maybe three if you buy them too too long and then they grow into them and then they're too short you know (laughs) like go through the full cycle and then you gotta pick up a new pair but what's the difference like like what kind of tuning to the skis should be done or or, and or needs to be done because there's like stuff that we can hand do here in our shop but then there's machines that you take you take to the shops with the machines and what's the difference and what why is one more important or better than than another one
1: yeah so the thing that the machines do mostly is they allow you to do a quick good tune like you can hand tune everything you really need fix just about anything by hand but it takes a long time and um, any sort of uh, you know when you get scrapes that are superficial scrapes that don't make it all the way through the p-tex and stuff that can all be fixed by hand pretty easily um, with a just by dripping ptex and stuff but if you get anything that's down to the core it really needs to be done with a with a ptex gun um, that gets the ptex hotter it helps heat up the ptex around um, the area so that the the new ptex and the old ptex can bond a little better um, and so any of those like big types of things really need to be handled with a ptex gun And then usually you want to do a good base grind on your snowboarder skis after you've done a big repair like that to make sure you've got a nice level flat surface. You can um, scrape that area by hand, scrape off some of the ridges of the P-TEX and stuff by hand if you're careful and and still do a good job, but it's so much faster on a machine. And so for for our shop, for example, because we don't have all of the big um, Wintersteiger Machines the grinding machines and other things um, We don't get into like the big repair work because we can't do it fast enough by hand for it to make sense We'd have to charge so much for it to make sense for us to do it all by hand, but you can do it by hand I do my own ski stuff by hand generally Um, But like hot waxes and edge sharpening and that sort of thing can all be done by hand pretty well and, And that's mostly what everybody needs anyway um
0: I went with the completely neglected method yeah. <laughs> for at least five or, or so years. <laughs> eh. How, how'd that work to work you? out. Yeah? yeah, no, seemed to work out. Uh, but what are the advantages of fresh wax, sharp edges?
1: Well, for making one... Making sure you get that stuff taken care of. Yeah, for one, it'll, it'll help your skis last longer um, if you keep take care of your base and stuff like that. Um, but the biggest thing is it just slides so much better. You have more control. I was kind of the same way at time. I've, I've been the same way at times and neglecting my skis. And I'm like, well, if I'm on a steep enough hill, they still slide. So I'm good. Um, but then I waxed my skis and I was like, go like twice as fast. It was amazing. Hi beans.
0: Well, and I didn't realize how bad my edges were until I took a second board as split board, my split board. And I'm going down on that. I'm like, I can't, Like these edges are insane like i can't get off the like it's grabbing into the side of the hill so like my regular board must have no edges (laughs) left because it doesn't do any of that yeah Yeah. and there's some mountains say like and i haven't rode this mountain i don't know if you guys rode uh jackson hole Mm -hmm. but i've heard it's for snowboarders um you need a really good edge on that on that on that hill
1: yeah well i i can't speak to snowboarders but uh definitely a steeper resort than a lot of the places that we have around here
2: and the snow is not as it's not the soft utah snow that we're used to it's definitely it's a little harder um fun resort but i would definitely recommend a good edge i'd recommend a good edge anywhere (laughs) honestly (laughs) having skied both i spent a little bit of time in the train park and i filed my edges i was one of those kids at one point and I don't know why I did that but having a good edge is it instills confidence too especially for those who are just getting into the sport and they're not really sure um if that's something they should do with their ski is get a new edge put on at the beginning of the season I'd highly recommend that because it'll instill a little more confidence you'll break you'll stop faster you can turn easier an an edge has a huge play in how you ski and Mm -hmm. snowboard
1: yeah and you know one thing that people do sometimes if they're edging their own skis um, is they forget to detune the tip and the tail right on the kind of the apex of the curves and so then when they get on hard pack the edge doesn't want to release out of a turn very well and it feels really grabby and so some people like would rather have a you know a, a less sharp edge because it's not as grabby but you can still have a ski edge or a snowboard edge release properly even with sharp edges as long as you just detune the tip and tail right at the apex and what I mean by that is you take a little stone and rub it over the edge of it to to dole it out a little bit so that it's not so grabby right there on the apex um, first time I sharpened my edges with the machine I didn't know that I was supposed to detune the edges and I got on this on the on the resort and I I would make it, I was carving down the mountain up at snow basin and I'd make a a hard left turn and then I'd go to transition to, to turn the other direction. And my skis kept turning left when I was trying to go right for like an extra second or two. And it kind of freaked me out. I wasn't expecting it and sort of took me off the, off the trail almost just a little bit. And they were just so grabby. It, it took me a while to kind of get used to it. and then as soon as I, I got back, I was like, my skis are just nuts. Like, it I won't release from the edges. And the ski shop guy that I, this was back when I was a teenager, he's like, oh, you didn't detune the tip and tail. So, he just took a stone, rubbed it on it real quick. Like, two minutes later, they were perfect. Hmm. And, uh, But, yeah, having a sharp edge, it's, it's important. And so, when you were talking about grinding your edges when you're in the park, you were taking the the sharpness taking out the of the edge, edge right? Yeah. So, you're not... So, so not catching the edge on rails and on stuff. Rails and stuff. But yeah. I
2: wasn't a huge park dude, but I, I used to think I was, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, glad you've grown out of that yeah, same man those, those are dark days <laughs> um n- not not throwing shade at any park rats yeah,
0: if, you that's are. What, if that's what you, you like are. to do oh, you're gosh. on the mountain well, I'm, right i'm gonna feel like you're watching me now <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know i'm totally cool if everybody wants to do the park because that keeps them out of my yeah <laughs> right? you
2: know we should everyone should ski the terrain park right. it's great soft snow good powder great turns go ski that yeah but yeah i'd hit ice and i was just so used to like not turning on ice Cause I had no edge and now I ski and I'm like, wow, this is, this is a whole new world. I have edges. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Uh,
0: another thing for snowboarders and you guys can talk about your, your ski bindings. It's uh, it doesn't take very long and you can do it while you're watching Netflix or whatever. <laughs> uh, grab a, grab a Phillips head and just tighten down all the bolts on the bindings. It's a good, good practice. Um, some, some, some of my friends, I mean, they just have a, a Phillips head with them in their car and they just keep, every time they go out, they make sure they tighten everything down. But, i've lost plenty of straps and stuff before because those will loosen on you on a snowboard binding and if you're not paying attention and then and then you're in a bad place on the mountain you got to (laughs) go you got to go down to the mountain (laughs) shop and get a get a new strap or something but um yeah that's a good time just there's not a lot to do with snowboards as far as that goes but it's it's a good reminder to just tighten them all down real quick right and then you're ready to go so when the first snow flies you're
1: you're on it you know same can be said for skis and ski bindings um I don't generally like I, I check my bolts to make sure they're tight, but usually when you're when you mount a ski binding, you are gluing or sometimes epoxying the the screws in there, and so those should not loosen at all. And if you've got loose bolts, you've got some issues. You need to take them out and uh, either clean out the old glue or just put new wood glue, waterproof wood glue in, or if in some cases, epoxy, if that's what your skis call for, and then re-screw them in there because you shouldn't have any play. And if you have play, that means that water can also get in there. And so you want to just check those. And if you and if you're unsure about how to do it, take it to your ski shop and and get them to screw those back in. It it really takes no time, like hardly any time, to just drop a little bit of waterproof wood glue in the hole and then screw it back in till it's tight. Um, don't over-tighten it or you strip out the the threads but um but you do want to make sure of that. And one thing I've noticed for me, this is my, my own personal bad habits here, um, in the spring when I'm skiing spring skiing in the backcountry and stuff, there's there are times where because my brain is just kinda of getting into into the summer mode and stuff, I kind of hammer my gear and then neglect it and i don't really take care of it in the in the fall i'm thinking about skiing and i'm kind of pampering my skis getting them all ready and everything and then in the spring i hammering them and, and neglecting them and so it's this time of year oftentimes where i look at my skis and like oh i did some damage i need to get this fixed and i need to or i need to sharpen the edges i need to wax it i need to fix some of these holes and some
0: jean-claude van damage
1: right yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so anyway that's i don't know that i'm the only one i think others are kind of are the same way so
2: yeah i definitely neglect my gear a little bit i the other day i was just thinking about how i could start getting my stuff ready and i realized that i did a spring ski trip um hit some peaks here in the wasatch and my skins took an absolute beating Hmm. crossing just like some gnarly terrain lots of you have that runoff melts twigs and dirt and crap in there. And I went and looked at my skins the other day, and they're just plastered. The glue, has, it, the glue doesn't stick anymore. Glue does. Glue does not work anymore. Huh. Um, Can you clean so, that, or how do you do So that? I'm just gonna re-glue, I'll re-glue the skins. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know there's multiple methods. I'm not sure, Greg, how you do it, but um, I was just planning on cutting out like paper shopping bags um, and putting those on top of the skin, and then you heat up the Um, the glue on your skin, uh, put the paper bag on there, heat up, um, the glue on your skin and you pull that back and it takes that gunk and debris and stuff off. And then you can reapply glue. Uh, That's like the quick and simple version. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when you, when you take the glue off, you use like a paper bag, like, um, like Chase said, when you put it back on, I usually use wax paper. And you'll, you'll spread the glue on out of the tube or whatever, and then you'll put wax paper over it and iron it um, to even it out, and then you let it cool down, and then you peel the wax paper off and it doesn't stick, but that way you get a, a better... Um, the glue sticks better and you get more of an even. This
0: is like uh gorilla glue, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> just go down to home Depot and get yourself some gorilla okay. glue. Okay. just want to make sure no one tries that. Yeah. You could try, yeah. you could try Elmer's glue too. <laughs> yeah. if you it, there's, too.
1: there's some various types of um, skin glue out there that are good. I have always used the black diamond gold label glue. Um, but I think there might be some other glue options out there now that I've never tried that that might be good, but, the black diamond gold label is kind of the standard. That's what I've always used. It works well. Um, so, yeah, that's a good thing to consider.
2: Yeah, definitely. If Your skins. If yeah. your glue is not sticking, it doesn't mean to throw your skins away. You can definitely salvage your skins. Right. For sure.
0: Uh, good time of year to check the batteries in your beacon. beacon? Mm-hmm. Or, well, not even check them, but just throw out last just year's yeah, and put and your, some them. new ones in. Yep.
2: Uh, that that also brings up the what batteries do you put in your beacon, Right. a lot of people will put like a rechargeable battery or something in there and it's always wise to put just a regular alkaline battery in the beacon um the is it lithium is that what recharges and alkaline is just a regular yeah okay and the lithium batteries they'll read at like 100 percent as long as they're doing good and they all of a sudden just die right the rechargeable battery they they push 100 percent of their power out and then they die where an alkaline battery it'll push out 100%, and then it will read back to the beacon. as 90%, 70%, and then your beacon can actually read how much battery is left in the batteries um, with an alkaline battery. But when you bring in a lithium, your ba- beacon may say it's at 100%. You go out in the backcountry – an hour in, boom, your beacons dead. That's so crazy. I didn't like, know that. So don't yeah. use a lithium in your beacon. Don't. Yeah. Don't use a rechargeable lithium battery. Just use okay. regular old alkaline. alkaline. And you want to get, um, I, I don't know if this is just what the reps are saying, but I've heard a couple reps say to get like a, an energizer, a Duracell, like nice, like a, a name brand battery, right. because there is difference in, in,
0: um, how they're going to work. Now so. I was always taught, um, when you test it, like if it's under 90, you need new batteries. I've heard that as well. In the field. Yeah. So I don't ever go. It it stays at 90 like freaking all season, oh, I swear. Yeah. Like they last a while. They last a pretty long time. So it's not it sounds like a really high number, um but you're not that doesn't mean you're swapping batteries every 2 weeks, like pretty much depending on how much you go. But um for the general recreational uh s- ski touring person, that's at least a half a season, so Yeah, I yeah.
1: You know, I go I pretty much only backcountry ski. I don't ski resorts a whole lot anymore, um, just because my time. Um you live at the base of well, the best
0: backcountry skiing that's in Ogden, so yeah. Yeah,
1: that's true. Um, but I, I'm a little bit more lax with those numbers as far as batteries go. I think you're right. That's what the experts suggest, and that's the smart thing. I let mine get down to 80% before I swap them out.
0: I always knew you were a true rebel. Yeah. Like da- I, deep I really down, am. like Dang pushing 80%. boundaries left and right.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I have been to jail for backcountry skiing. <laughs> <That's true.
2: laughs> that is true. He's not lying. That. <laughs> that is true. That's <laughs> Don't trespass. That's <laughs> 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 Don't break
0: your femur. <laughs> yeah. all, his, all his rebelliousness comes through on skis, which is a good <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah.
1: So, uh, but yeah, that's a good call. I would say 90% is the right way to do it. And... uh and if you're a true rebel, a real... Like, to the core. Deviant yeah. person, then you can take it down like to Like, hard to keep even. in line. I think yeah. I might do 85, just to total you're line pushing a little it? bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not no. too far. Dude, I'm going though. out of
0: 89 this year. <laughs> <laughs> good. I know, I know, I know.
1: But, uh, but, yeah, so when it's sending a signal, though, it, it just sips the batteries. When it's you're in receiving mode, then it sucks the batteries. And so you definitely... Uh, the last thing you want is to... Um, Lose a buddy in an avalanche and run out of battery power when you're needing to find them. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, don't go out if your batteries are too low because you think, oh, I, I went from 100% to to 60% over the course of four months. I'm still at 60%. I'm good. And then get... Because if j- somebody's in caught. a if you have a <coughs>
0: burial situation then it then it sucks fast because right. you're search mode. Okay. Right. Yeah so that makes
1: sense. You just just better to be way on the safe side when it comes to people's lives. This coming from me who takes it out at eighty <laughs> percent.
0: Yeah, I know. So we, we take everything you say with the grain of salt. <laughs> 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 uh, and then so far I think the last thing I can think of, because shovels are pretty stant no not a lot you do, but boots. So snowboard boots. Um, things that snowboard boots has is the uh, what's the twisty thing called the boa the boa mm-hmm. I don't, can you do anything I mean I just test to see what it works I've I've uh, popped laces in the middle of seasons before so I always look at the laces make, see if they're gonna break or um, but really there's not a lot we snowboarders do with boots do you do anything like t- tighten down the buckles or anything on your ski boots
1: Yeah I mean there's a few things so I always the first few days of skiing of the season are pretty rough on my feet like it's same here yeah it's always kind of painful um, because it takes a little bit of time for my feet to get used to the boots mm. and i think it's almost as much or maybe more of my feet getting used to the boots than it is my boots getting broken into my feet um but so so some things that you can do to kind of ease that is you could um put your boots on and walk around in them for an hour or wear them for can an you, hour at can home you, do
0: you is this wise or is it dumb to remold every season
1: um you can but they say that you really are not supposed to remold more than about five six seven eight times somewhere in there
0: yeah but if you if you keep your if you swap your boots out every five years remold every season
1: yeah i mean i guess that's true i i don't remold mine yeah. but i do try usually try to put my boots on for you know, maybe the first time I can only keep them on for 20 or 30 minutes, and th- these are my soup, my really tight touring boots. Um, I'll put I'll put them on for 20 or 30 minutes. Like which ones do you have? So I've got the Hoji, the Dinafit Hoji, not the Hoji Pro, but the Just orange the ones. The PVAX. Yeah, and uh, I like the boots. I really like how they ski. They're comfortable at, to hike in after a while
2: why don't you tell them about the first time you ever wore those boots <laughs> why don't you tell them were you together i was
1: <laughs> laying on the side of the trail about a mile and a half up like that's not very cr- far sobbing oh in no. tears,
2: we didn't we didn't get a ski down it no. was we were still on the skin track
1: it was and these
0: boots still f- and they fit and you like them
1: i like them now that's a
0: terrible first <laughs> well, mile greg was, was on the ground
1: i was like in tears, crying. Is this
0: like the tightest climbing shoe you've ever put on? Or what's the deal? Why did it?
1: So there's a few things. It's not the boot's fault. Okay. Okay. Well, fault. we know that. It's, <laughs> no. not, it's not them. It's me. <laughs> I have, um, I have, I forget what they're called. Um, I have these little nodules in the arches of my feet that um, are really painful when they have pressure on them.
0: Arch nods? Yeah. Arch yeah. Arch nods. That's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> that's the
1: <laughs> medical term um they are i forget fibromas uh that's what sure, they're called there's <laughs> some plant uh, they're something fibromas anyway they're in the arches of my feet and so i was talking to a doctor about it um and said well, what what can be done he said well they have to be surgically removed or ignored um <laughs> ignored and so <laughs> i'm ignoring them because i read a, a bunch of people's experiences with having them removed and that causes their own problems. And so I'm, I'm looking, trying to figure out if there's like a homeopathic way to, to CBD oil. Yeah. It seems, that seems (laughs) to fix everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) the um, measles.
0: Yeah. I wrote some CBD oil (laughs) on that. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like a way to, to manage that. But with my, with my loose touring boots, um, if I take the arch supports out and stuff like that I can hike in those and it's painful but it's not too bad I can deal with it but when I get a proper fitting boot on with are we are yeah. we run along long? Oh, we always run long <laughs> 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 um, we're 28 so. okay so um, but with my properly fitting boots that are like fun to ski in that ski well my feet aren't flopping all over the place uh, it's quite painful to hike and it's not Really, the boots, it's mm. those fibromas. So it does, my feet do get used to it um, after a while, and I was able to kind of mold them and mold in a, li- a little bit of extra room in the arches um, that made it more comfortable. By the end of this, by like mid to end of the season last year, um, after I'd gotten up the courage to just through the pain for a while I got to where they were actually pretty comfortable to hike as long as I was on steeper terrain Um, but on flat terrain where there was more pressure on my arches it was still painful Um, but those ski boots ski so well compared to the lighter racier boots that I had had before I love the boots for skiing and they were great for the uphill once I got them worked in so this year my commitment is to try to do all that working working in to the boots working my feet into the boots working the boots into my feet a little bit we have a treadmill here before you just walk on the treadmill <laughs> yeah. with those boots on no, i'm gonna do it in private and <laughs> i'm i do not want people to see me crying in public <laughs> with those boots on but um yeah so i'm gonna try to kind of get ready for the season early with before i get on skis so that my first outing isn't me off this side of the skin track sobbing
0: think finally before uh, we close the show with um ski gear uh going back to season going back to school going back to season um a nick wax wash on your on your bibs and yeah. outer outer apparel wouldn't be a bad idea yeah totally. that's a good call definitely yeah yeah cool Do it.
1: that's yeah Good advice. I think that's it, right? Sweet, yeah. Yeah, that's probably uh, enough for today. We're running long. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, If you would like to follow Gear 30 on Instagram, our handle is at gear underscore three zero. Also like us on Facebook and visit our website, uh, gear30.com, spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And as you heard Brandon earlier, there's going to be a lot of uh, good ski deals and uh, winter deals for all of you that are prepping for the season. So
0: yeah, and uh, uh, if you've got a snowboard or a ski and you live here in Ogden, would you like us to prep for the ski season? Bring it on down. We'll we'll get you uh, like the basic, the, the basic wax and an edge, a little bit of edge work. But um, there's machines in town, yeah. So you can take them to the machines if you if you need if you want to go you that got, route. Got some big we're, holes uh, in your gear. Yeah, you we're a little cheaper here for the for the for what we do for basic stuff, consider it.
1: Sweet!